Well, hello and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Glad to have you with us as we continue in our study of the Old Testament, going through verse by verse, pretty much verse by verse. There's sections we skip because they're incomprehensibly boring. But uh, we've been in uh, First and Second Kings for a while. We are in Second Kings. Um, we have been reading about uh, this new guy that uh, Elisha had told one of the other prophets to anoint as the new king, Jehu. First thing he does is he kills um, the king of Israel, Joram, and the king of Judah, Ahaziah. And then he goes and he wipes out all of the uh, family of Ahab, kills them all, uh, which was prophesied by either Elijah, I think yeah, it was Elijah who prophesied this, uh, the judgment of God finally came on the family because of the incredible sins. And again, hard for us to relate to, but again, I don't think any of us can begin to comprehend how wicked these people were, how violent, how disgusting. I mean, you think there's weird stuff going on today. These people took sicko to an unbelievable level. And, uh, and they were constantly disobeying God, and God finally had it and brought judgment on them. Um, so he wipes out all of Ahab's family. Then he turns around and wipes out all of Ahaziah's family. Uh, and then we left it off at verse 15. So it says here, he left there and he came to upon Jehanabab. That's a good name for your son, your next son. Call your kid Jehanabab, son of Rechab, who was on his way to meet him. And Jehu greeted him and said, Are you in accord with me as I am with you? In other words, you with me, baby? Are you with me? And he goes, yes, I'm with you. And Jehu says, all right, then give me your hand. And he pulls him up into the chariot. And Jehu said, come see my zeal for the Lord. So they're, they're buds. They're on the same page. They're excited about what's happening. God is using him to bring judgment on these people. Uh, verse 17, when Jehu came to Samaria, he killed all who were left there of Ahab's family, destroyed them, according to the word of the Lord spoken to Elijah. All right, well, he's got this zeal for God. He wants to rid the country of this... Uh, false worship of Baal. It's basically, it's like a satanic type thing. Again, the, the kind of worship, the kind of stuff that these people were doing would make a normal person vomit. But uh, this is what uh, Ahab and Jezebel were all into. And now Jehu, after wiping out these people, decides he's going to wipe out the, uh, the prophets of Baal. So uh, Jehu brought all the people together and said, listen, Ahab served Baal a little. I'm going to serve him a lot. And uh, so get all the prophets of Baal and all his ministers and all the priests and see that nobody's missing because I'm going to hold a great sacrifice, sacrifice for Baal. We are going to party. We're going to have a Baal party. Woo! It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be great. Uh, and everybody better show up because anybody doesn't show up, we're going to kill them. Uh, which is kind of a high incentive to go to someplace. You know, it's one thing to go RSVP. It's another, if you don't show up, I'm going to kill you. So uh, they felt highly motivated <laughs> to show up. And he was saying, hey, we're going to have this great party. I'm going to serve Baal. You think Ahab was into it. I'm into it more than Ahab. And, of course, all these guys were probably thinking, great, this is awesome. Now, he's basically lying through his teeth here. Um, you say, does the Bible approve of that? Uh, look, there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that is hard to run through the filter of our understanding today. Uh, from our Christian worldview. 
when Jesus came along, and, and as we eventually get to the Gospels and start reading through the Gospels, oftentimes Jesus will say stuff like, well, you heard it of old that this is the way things are, but this is what I'm telling you, okay? He came along and he corrected a lot of the views of God and the way that they approached their faith and stuff like that. And, and we have the Gospels, the Christian faith, whatever. So um, anyway, the guy's lying through his teeth. His, his, his uh, motives are good. His, <laughs> his methods would, we'd have a little problem with today, I'm sure. But this is the Old Testament. Thousands of years ago, all he knows is he's going to kill them all. So Jehu was acting deceptively in order to destroy the ministers of Baal. So Jehu said, call an assembly in honor of Baal. So they proclaimed it. And then, I'm sure it sounded just like that. Then he went, sent word throughout Israel, and all the ministers of Baal came. Not one stayed away, because they want to be all at the big party. Plus, they were threatened. If they don't show up, he's going to kill them. So they crowded into the temple of Baal until it was full from one end to the other. I mean, these guys are jam-packed. One end, every corner, man, this place is full in this big temple of false idol worship to this uh, ridiculous uh, idol and, uh, and all the wickedness and stuff that they were into. Uh, so he gets them in, he fills the place. And then Jehu says to the keeper of the wardrobe, bring robes for all the ministers of Baal. So he brought out robes for them. So, I mean, he's playing this up. These guys think this is awesome. This is great. We're having this big party. They got the robes. You know, we're going to have burgers, brats. It's going to be fabulous. They're into it. Uh, and then Jehu and Jehonabab, his bud, son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal. And then Jehu said to the ministers of, ba of ministers of Baal, look around and see that no servants of the Lord are here with you. Only ministers of Baal. So he's basically making sure. Now they're probably thinking, you know, don't let any of those Christians in here. You know, appeal, I love God. Get rid of all these people. But what he was trying to ensure was that none of the good guys were there. Because he's planning to, again, he's going to kill them all. And uh, so make sure none of those guys are here, those Lord people, and only ministers of Baal. So they went in to make sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had posted 80 men outside with this warning. If one of you lets any of these guys I'm placing in your hands escape, it will be your life or his life. I will kill you. So again, everybody's highly motivated. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to volunteer. It's another thing, if you don't show up to serve communion, I'll kill you. All right, you'd be much more likely to show up to volunteer under threat of death. Okay, so these people are under threat of death. He is intense. As soon as Jehu had finished making the burnt offering, so I mean, he's in there. And they're offering the sacrifices to Baal. Everybody's got their fancy robes on to make sure none of these Lord people are around and the place is just packed. They're all probably going, hoo la 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 hoo la 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 you know, just grooving to Baal. You know, the Baal band is playing. Everything is grooving. And then, and then uh, um, as soon as he'd finished this, he ordered the guards and the officers, all right, go in and kill them. Kill them all! Don't let any of them escape. So they cut them down with the sword. Now this had to be extraordinarily gross. I mean, they had no place to go, totally undefended. And these guys went in with swords, and they just sliced them all up. And the blood had to be running. It had to be just, you know, a butcher's feel. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So the guards and the officers threw the bodies out and then entered the inner shrine of the Temple of Baal. They brought the sacred stone out of the Temple of Baal and burned it. 
And then they demolished the sacred stone of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal. And what did they do with this temple? <laughs> the people have used it for a latrine to this day. <laughs> they turned into a big latrine. They just pooped on them all. I'm just, this, this, this is, you know, they had had it. He had totally destroyed it. All this reverence, they turned it into one big gigantic latrine. Ah. <clears throat> Bad day, of, day for Baal worship, I got to tell you. So Jehu destroyed Baal worship in Israel. Hallelujah. He did the right thing. However, and there was always a however with these guys. I don't know. They would start out doing something right for God. There's some other guys coming along. They're doing everything right for God except. And it's like they just couldn't finish the job. And it's like, I don't know what's the matter with these people. But they just couldn't go all the way for God. And uh, it says here, uh, however, he did not turn away from the sins of Jero Jeroboam, the son of Nebit, who started all this insanity, by the way, which he had caused Israel to commit. And what didn't he get rid of? He didn't get rid of the golden calves at Bethel and Dan. Of course, you remember the golden calf that the children of Israel hundreds of years before had, you know, worshipped in the desert. And Moses had brought them out. They're all, he comes down from the mountain. They're all boogieing around the stupid cow, worshipping a cow, which from Wisconsin is real hard to understand, but they were <laughs> not the brightest creatures on the face of the earth, I got to tell you. Uh, I mean, so, they're worse. Can you, the devil must just laugh his butt off at people. Can you imagine the devil laughing as these morons are worshiping a cow. He's probably going, <laughs> bunch of cow people. <laughs> Golly. But you know what I'm convinced? And so, for some of us, the devil just sits and laughs at us because we do some of the dumbest things on earth. We keep doing the wrong things. We ignore the word of God. We don't really follow through all the way. You know, that's why the, the Bible, the New Testament, Jesus was pretty intense. You know, it, he wasn't lollygagging around. And, and I know a lot of people who, if they really understood the message of Christianity, people who go to church, they would be very upset. Because I got news for you. Not everybody's getting into heaven. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to hell, and many are going to find it. Narrow is the way that leads to heaven, and few there be that find it. I think People are going to be in for a shock like you cannot believe on Judgment Day. How few people actually get in. Because the thinking is, especially you get around a bunch of women who are very empathetic and feeling. I'm not to mean to, to knock all women, but it's amazing. You get a bunch of women together, you start hearing something. Oh, God won't send anybody to hell. Not really. He knows their hearts. They meant to do good. La, 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 la. Reality check, ladies. That ain't going to cut it. You're not going to be judged on your intentions when you stand before God. You're going to be judged on what you did or did not do, period. And this is a reality check. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father but by me. What about all those people who don't believe in Jesus? Yeah, not a good picture, is it? Are you, I know people who can't handle the true message of Christianity. People who call themselves Christians, when they start really hearing. I mean, when Jesus came along, he started making this stuff really intense. 
He said, except you pick up your cross and follow me and lay down your life and make me 100% your Lord, you are not getting in. Now compare that with, well, it's not, you know, not to clap about it, but compare that with the message we hear today in Christian circles. As long as you kind of believe, you said the prayer, you can still lie, cheat, fornicate, commit adultery, hate, that's, that doesn't really matter as long as you just believe. That's all. God just wants you to be happy. Man, that's a big difference from the picture of what we're hearing today and what Jesus was teaching. He was not messing around. And I think a lot of people do what these guys did over and over again. They kind of get, you know, they get just enough of God to make them miserable. You hear me? They get just enough of Jesus to make them miserable. Just enough that, you know, they can't be really rotten. And just enough so they feel bad for the rotten stuff they are doing. They come to Jesus like fire insurance. They come to church, you know, twice a year whether they need it or not. Seriously. I mean, this is serious stuff. I don't think people really get this. And what are you going to do? You can't just run around and just tell everybody they're going to hell. You got to get in there and encourage them and teach them and try and show them. But holy stinking cow, people, this is serious stuff. God is not messing around. Jesus called for total surrender. Have you totally surrendered to Jesus or are you still kind of surrendering to Jesus I'll surrender Jesus as long as I can still do what I want to do think the way I want to think do what I want to do I don't care what the Bible says you can literally sit down it happens to me all the time I sit in sessions talking to people all the time struggling with their lives they're doing things that are blatantly wrong in the Bible you tell them that's you shouldn't be doing that and then they respond well I don't think there's anything wrong with it really I'm always stunned by that, I, you know. We're at the women's, you got, some of you guys were at the butt-kicking women's conference. You remember when the one Debbie Chavez said, you know, listen, if you don't repent, you're not going to get into heaven. You remember some ladies hollering back at her? She said, that's not true. That's not true. You don't have to repent. I found later some of those ladies go to my church. Holy stinking cow. I don't know who it was. I'd chase them down. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have I hid this in any way, shape, or form? Am I not clear as a bell on this point? You think you can just keep doing whatever you want, you don't have to turn away from your sin, and you're still going to get into heaven? You are delusional. This is serious stuff. you got to put Christ first in your life. Compare the message of Christianity we have today to these guys 2,000 years ago who were laying down their lives. They were being thrown to the lines. They were forsaking all. They gave everything in service to God. Our picture of Christianity today, well, you can, you know, just as long as you kind of feel it's all that really matters. No, 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 no. Don't kind of do it. Don't kind of do Don't kind of serve God, but don't finish off. Okay, well, I kind of believe in Jesus, but I still want to go out and get drunk on Thursday nights with my buddies because that's just praise God. I just feel led of the Lord to get drunk, I guess. I don't know what to do. Seriously? You know, I, don't, I just well, I want to serve God and I'm coming to church and I give in the offerings and I clap and sing. I, I got to go to strip clubs once in a while. Everybody's got to go to strip clubs once in a while. Really? This makes sense to you? Well, me and my girlfriend, we like to go watch male strippers occasionally. It's not that bad. We don't really do anything. We just giggle. Ha, ha, ha. Excuse me. 
you have no idea what I hear. You, got, you have no idea. I'm, seriously. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm not trying to beat up on people. I'm just like, come on, let's take it seriously. If you're struggling, we'll help you to struggle. We'll help, not to help you struggle. We'll help you to get through the struggle. <laughs> we don't want to help you struggle. We want to help you through the struggle. It's not about condemning. It's not about hating. It's not about putting people down. But come on, let's take it seriously. Honestly, some of the stuff I hear, it just makes me crazy. Driving me crazy is a really short drive. <laughs> just, you know. I told my wife, I said, this stuff just gives me a headache. I just, I'm afraid someday I'm going to be counseling with a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand. All right, next. What do you think the Bible says? <laughs> just, just the numb, numb the pain. But then I'd be sitting like the rest of them and I'm messed up. I'm not saying drink Jack Daniels. Good grief. Which is another problem. People, do you notice people only hear what they want to hear? I could preach a sermon like this and just talk about holiness up down in it and somebody will listen to this on tape somewhere and they'll say to their wife, you know, Pastor Marks, it's okay to drink Jack Daniels. drunk out of their gourds. I am not. You cannot get drunk out of your gourd. Oh, is, I don't know. I don't get it. Continual rationalization. I mean, just. I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus was tough on people. I don't know how I'm getting into this. That's nothing. I'm in the New Testament now. Just. <laughs> I mean, he came to the apostles, and what did he say to them? Leave everything and follow me. Hello? Can you imagine God telling you that? You've got all your stuff. You've got your home. You've got everything you save for and everything. You know, all this investment. You built this fishing business and everything. And this guy comes along and says, get rid of it. Come follow me. Holy cow. And they left everything. They just left it. Left everything to follow him. Runs into a rich guy one day. He said, what do I got to do, do to be saved? And you know, and, and, and there's different calls. I get it and stuff. But he looks at this one guy and says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to sell everything you have and give it all away. The Bible says he just, he went, he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great riches. Why did Jesus tell him to do that? Because he knew his heart. He knew that he loved his money more than he loved God. Are you kidding? We, we can barely get people to give an offering for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Giving a dollar is like passing a kidney stone for some people. It's like, oh, 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 I'm convinced some of them would reach in and make change if they could, just before they. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you got change for a dollar? Anybody got change for a dollar? I was offering things going around. 
he's telling people to leave everything? And we freak out at an offering? Much less talk about tithing. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> God can't possibly give 10% of it. That can't possibly be true. The New Testament, I love these people. They say the New Testament doesn't talk about tithing. No, it really doesn't. A couple of places it does. I mean, it's, it's there, but. Tithing? Are you kidding? New Testament tithing was, are you kidding me? That's nothing. New Testament was, give it all away. Do you remember reading the story of the early church? What they did? They all got together and they took all the extra lands and homes and stuff they didn't need and they sold it all. Brought it to the church so everybody had everything common and they, they were there meeting each other's needs. You know about tithing? Tithing's like nothing compared to this. I mean, Christianity's total sellout, people. Does God hate you because you put in a dollar in the offering? No, God doesn't hate you. But I mean, come on. kind of serve Jesus, kind of. You know, what's the least I can do? What's the least I can do to get in the kingdom of God? I think that's what people are thinking. What's the very minimum I can do? And how bad can I go before I go to hell? Seriously. How bad can I be before I go to hell? What kind of thinking is that? Well, is it okay if I do this? Or if I do that? Well, what if I only do that three times a month? What? Are you crazy? You know, I travel every once in a while, I'll go overseas or some country. I was just in, what island was that? St. Thomas. These people, these cab drivers, holy stinking cow! They drive like they're on drugs, these people! And there's like, they're driving as close as they can to the edge! And, and, and St. Thomas is very unusual because some countries, they drive on different sides of the road, but they swap the steering wheels. But not in St. Thomas. They drive on the separate sides of the road, but keep the wheels on the other side. So your perspective is totally weirded out. And they're just... You're just going... Man, if I'm driving, a, I'm not trying to see how, how close... Can I get to the cliff before we fall and die? It's not a question I ask them. I don't want to know this. My viewpoint is, can we stay as far from the edge as possible and still get there? But this mentality, wow, how rotten can I really be and still get saved? And do I really have to do this? And do I really, I don't want to do that and can I just be what I want to be and who cares what God wants out of my life? And it's like, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in accomplishing what is right in my eyes and have done to the house of Ahab all I had mind to do, your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Here God gives him the script. And then yet Jehu was not careful. 
to obey God. Like we would just get careless. We just, it doesn't matter what I feel, what I think. When I look at dirty pictures on the internet, oh, God doesn't really care. Really, you, you, you don't think that bothers him? You think it's okay? Brother, I'm, I'm tempted. We're all tempted. I get it. Men, naked ladies. Yes, I get it. Big temptation. But don't do it. Well, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I know I'm just not very merciful, but I just, I just don't get it. What do you mean you can't help it? You can't help it? Little porn gnomes drag you out of bed in the middle of the night and force you in front of a computer? No, no. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yet he was not careful. He didn't obey God with all his heart. He did not turn away from all the sins of Jeroboam, which could cause Israel, Israel to, uh, had caused Israel to commit. He kind of did. He was on a great path, but he just, he just couldn't do it. In those days, the Lord began to reduce the size of Israel, which means a lot of them started dying under the judgment of God. Haziel, remember Haziel? He's the guy Elisha looked at and started crying because he knew someday he'd be tearing these people to pieces. It's starting to happen. Hazel overpowered the Israelites through their territory east of the Jordan and all the land of Gilead. Then he says, as for the other events of Jehu's reign, blah, 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 and then he dies. And... But uh, he reigned over Israel for 20, 28 years. But then we get to chapter 11. This, this, is, this is cool. This is, this is uh, intrigue. It's like, a, it's like a movie theme. When Athelia, Athalia, how are you saying? Athalia, the mother of Ahaziah, <laughs> get simpler names, you people. Ahaziah saw that her son was dead. She's ticked off. Now, Athalia, if I get this right, and these names are so I can't even say the names. If I got this right, uh, uh, Thalia was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Not exactly the most holy of families. Talk about dysfunctional wackos. So this is the daughter, and she now is the mother of this king that uh, Jehu had just killed. And then, of course, then he wiped out all of Ahab's family and all of Ahaziah's family. When Athalia hears that, she is ticked. And she proceeds to destroy the whole royal family, the line of David. Anybody associated with King David, she starts to kill them all. Wasn't that about right? Here God is using this guy to do the right thing and bring judgment and get rid of Baal and all this stuff. But sure enough, the enemy comes. I got news for you. Satan never takes a holiday, people. The Bible says, take Heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. That's what the New Testament says. Don't take anything for granted. Don't think, well, you know, I'd, uh, I haven't kicked my dog in a week and a half. I must really be holy now. I'm, I'm really a good man. I'm not worried about nothing. Then you've always got to be on guard. The enemy is always going to come at you. The Bible warns it over and over and over again. Take heed when you think you've got it made and you're not going to fall. Look out because that's when you're going to fall. You think you're above temptation? You think you're above doing something unholy? You think you're above being mean and nasty? These are the people who fall. 
The writer of Hebrews warns us and says, look, Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And every once in a while you hear somebody say, you know, we've got victory over Satan. Satan's a roaring lion, but he's just a toothless lion. <laughs> no, he's not. Ain't nothing toothless about him, folks. He has ability to rend you to pieces and destroy your life and make your life a living hell. We've got to stay on guard. You've got to stay vigilant. That's why the Bible says continue to be faithful. Don't forsake the gathering of yourself together. Don't quit coming to church. Continue to pray. Be faithful in your devotion to God. Why? So you can stay strong. No, I don't need that. That's when you wind up falling. Because the enemy doesn't stop. Just when all this great stuff is happening, not so great for Baal and his, and his buddies, but great for the kingdom of God and cleaning out all this mess, then Satan unleashes his violence and starts to kill all of the descendants of King David for vengeance. Certainly Satan is inspiring this. But God had promised that David's descendants would never end. Someday one of the descendants of David would come and redeem Israel and the world. Remember him? Anybody remember who that would be? Jesus? Remember they called Jesus the son of David because the line of David did continue. She didn't get them all. One of them got away. But Jehosheba, Jehosheba, these names, holy cow. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram and sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away among the royal princes who were about to be murdered. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah. So he was not killed. The rest of them were. And he remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. So this bitter, angry woman now thinks she's killed them all and now she takes the reign of power. But there's one kid that they hid. They hid Pretend I'm telling just like a movie, isn't it? Well, they're hiding this one descendant of the, of the kingdom. This royal bloodline would not be extinguished. Next week, we'll pick it up and find out what happens to this little boy. How he is protected and what happens as a result to Athalia and the rest. Anyway, you guys at the other campuses... Time for you to do your uh, open discussion time. We're going to do the same thing here. See you next week.